Chapter Seventeen of A Pocket Measure by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen: An Open Door. We must have somebody who understands business better than we do to sort of manage us and things generally. This had been Addie Stowell's half-laughing, half-serious announcement on the day when the Stowell parlor having been secured and plans in general carefully matured the now thoroughly interested girls had met to arrange plans in detail addie's suggestion met with instant approval and at least a dozen voices declared that mrs spafford was just the one to take care of their heads and their money that lady who had foreseen the necessity for some such arrangement and believed moreover that it was important to select a woman rather than a girl for general manager resolved to accept the appointment without further discussion very well i will arrange to be your confidential clerk and manage the finances of the firm to the best of my ability until such time as we shall agree to have a younger and more sprightly assistant i make one proviso to the effect that you will empower me to secure a helper where i choose one who shall under my direction do whatever work which would naturally be in my province that i choose to give her this will not relieve me from responsibility for i will engage to be responsible for the doings of my chosen helper this was agreed upon and the managing clerk took the chair from this moment the process of organizing the somewhat ponderous firm and getting the machinery in running order went on rapidly and satisfactorily the truth is the managing clerk had not lain awake for several nights without results she knew exactly what she wanted her firm to do and the way to set them at it it is no part of my intention to take you through the details of this unique business you can imagine that the task was not an easy one and that there were constant pitfalls to avoid it is rather with an experience which as we see events grew out of this plan that i have to do mrs spafford in suggesting the importance of a sub-clerk for herself had a plan in mind her heart was very much set on getting nearer to her fair and yet so often sad-faced neighbor mrs dane evans getting near enough to help her for that she was sorely in need of help grew daily more evident the lines on her face were deepening and there was a pitiful pallor creeping over it that told of a weary heart struggling with some burden daily growing too heavy for her to lift could she be interested in this enterprise of the young ladies could she be prevailed upon to give them help by becoming associated with their leader not to assume more responsibility but to take certain duties easily performed and perhaps much to her taste upon herself and then could it be hoped that in the many conferences which this partnership of responsibility would involve they would get nearer to each other so near that in time she would accept mrs spafford as a tried friend and let her help if she could in the spot where she needed special help and then could not this servant of her master hope to lead that tired heart closer to the great burden-bearer such in brief was the plan toward which mrs spafford was quietly working not seeing her way clear but seeing a little entering place perhaps she resolved to push in that direction while she watched for more light 
it was over this entire matter that she studied and frequently prayed while she went about her home one afternoon not a word had been said to mrs evans as yet the managing clerk had been watching her opportunity so much depended on one's first impressions of things having prayed much over the whole scheme she found herself looking often from the window watching the clouds for the day was dull and rainy i don't know why it should seem so important to go over there on this day of all others she said to herself it is raining and is not a day when one would be likely to expect a call unless the business were urgent mine certainly can wait several days if necessary and yet i feel impelled to go this afternoon she made all necessary arrangements for the evening meal which she and warren looked forward always to enjoying together and settled herself at the window with her sewing there was no use in thinking about going out while the rain came down so steadily and the wind was blowing too a thoroughly disagreeable day it was easy to settle oneself outwardly yet she found that she had not gotten away from the impression that now was the time she sewed steadily for a few minutes then rolled up her work with a resolute air i will go now she said decidedly why shouldn't i i am not afraid of the rain and she may be very lonely i cannot get away from the feeling that this may be my opportunity resolved upon being as informal as possible and have her appearance fit the day she donned waterproof and rubbers and umbrella in hand sallied forth knocking at the little side door of the small house instead of ringing the front doorbell there was no response to her knock she stood dismayed so strong had been the impression that she was to come on just that afternoon that to find the house apparently deserted was a keen disappointment what then had the pressure meant which had seemed to her so like a voice directing her steps the house doesn't look closed she said still arguing with herself the curtains would be dropped if she had gone for the day i wonder if i may venture to the kitchen door perhaps they cannot hear a knock at this point so she stepped around the neat little box of a house to the kitchen door no it was ajar somebody was at home she knocked boldly no response and the wind was whirling her umbrella about in an insane fashion and the eaves were dripping on her head it was a very disagreeable spot in which to wait and yet somebody in this little house was at home and the resolute caller was unwilling to beat a retreat i'll step in she said boldly i am getting all wet standing here and i can explain the intrusion a moment more and she was in the tiny kitchen it was a scene of dreary desolation the fire in the cooking stove was out not decorously out as in many a thrifty household at that hour of the day but there was every indication that it had gone out ruthlessly and with malice aforethought the hearth was ash-bestrewn a dishpan half filled with greasy water occupied the top while certain pots kettles and various other cooking utensils stood around in dismay the kitchen table too was a scene from which the tidy housekeeper turned quickly appalled at herself for venturing in and almost feeling as though mrs evans could never forgive her for looking on the desolations of that kitchen not a person was to be seen 
and the uninvited guest had just resolved to slip quietly away and ring perhaps at the front door if she could not bring herself to give up the visit when she heard that which startled her into a change of plans the unmistakable sound of bitter weeping came to her from the only half-closed door of the adjoining room not only weeping but lamentation a voice as of one in almost mortal agony either of body or mind all manner of conjectures rushed through mrs spafford's mind mrs evans might be ill might be in a sudden and terrible affliction and was certainly alone could she hesitate any longer on the ground of intrusion certain it was that she could no more go home with the wail of that voice in her ears than she could leave any other fellow-creature in distress and do nothing to help pausing only to set her dripping umbrella in a safe place and close the kitchen door she stepped quickly across the room pushed wide the intervening door and stood face to face with mrs evans who sprang suddenly to her feet a look of utter astonishment by no means unmingled with indignation struggling with the tears on her face mrs spafford it was every word she said but a whole volume of wounded pride and resentment over this unwarrantable intrusion were pent up in the voice mrs spafford stepped quickly to her side and laid a gentle hand on her arm my dear friend i seem to you to have been guilty of a great rudeness but indeed i mean no intrusion i came to your kitchen door on an errand and finding it ajar and no one quite ready to answer my knock i took the liberty of stepping in a moment out of the storm and heard your voice as if in pain or distress i feared you were alone and needed help and i came to offer it i will go away at once only believe me i had only a heart full of love and a longing desire to help you before this sentence was completed mrs evans had sunk again in a little heap on the couch from which she had risen and with the pitiful cry god knows i need help if any one on earth does burst into a perfect passion of weeping her visitor bent over her a distressed doubtful face ought she to go away from one in such bitter mental agony as this yet what could she say to help or comfort her that would not seem like an attempt to pry into the secrets of another dear friend she said and her voice was very tender i think you know where to look for help no matter what your trial or burden whether it be great or very small he is equally ready to have it brought to him and left there why don't you ask his help you are one of his own i am not i am not burst with passionate tears from the poor burdened heart i am nothing at all but a miserable woman who has made a failure of everything that i ever undertook i ought never to have taken the responsibilities of a wife and a housekeeper upon me i am a failure in every sense of the word i ought to die and go away out of the world and give others a chance to live what desperate talking was this from a woman who had been a beautiful and treasured bride but a short time before what could be said to her was not this a matter with which a stranger ought not to intermeddle what if it were only a childish outburst of passion over some misunderstanding between her husband and herself an outburst the memory of which and of the fact that there was a human eye-witness 
would humiliate her to the very dust after it was over again and again even in those few moments did mrs spafford chide herself for having entered that kitchen door yet she could not leave her now and thus besides what if this were a genuine sorrow a pain which did not go away after the first outburst she remembered the drawn look on the young wife's face and greatly feared that the burden whatever it was stayed with her also what did that voice mean which persistently urged her toward coming over here in the rain of this very afternoon what was there that she ought to say to this child woman all these thoughts passed swiftly then she spoke again still in that low quieting voice dear friend whatever you are no matter what mistakes you have made no matter how unfit you feel you are dear to christ at this moment he loves you and waits for you he has infinite power and infinite wisdom and infinite forgiveness there is nothing that he cannot forgive and nothing that he cannot help you to do if it is right that you should do it i speak with authority for i have tried him yes with better authority than that for he has said it he shall deliver thee in six troubles yea in seven there shall no evil touch thee it is his own voice speaking go to him for help and as sure as the sun shines above these clouds you will get just what you need never mind whether you are one of his children or not claim the place of a child because you need to be and wish to be and mean to be one from this moment she spoke rapidly with a sort of eager positiveness and yet calmness it had the effect of quieting the bitter sobs but she could not tell how much heed had been given to the direction she waited in silence a moment then spoke again is there any way in which i could help you or shall i go away and come at another time she received no answer at all in great doubt as to what to do next she stood before the drooping figure with its face buried in its hands just as she had resolved to slip quietly out and trust to a note in which she would pour out her heart in sympathy mrs evans raised herself to a sitting posture brushed back the disordered hair from her swollen eyes and said with an effort at dignity i beg your pardon madame i have been saying some wild and foolish words to you i am afraid you must not think anything of them i do not mean what i said whatever it was it isn't often i give way to my feelings in this manner but indeed i am so miserable and so helpless the voice which had been growing more tremulous with each word suddenly broke into another burst of tears and the poor lady buried her face in her hands again mrs spafford's resolution was taken at least she could not leave a soul in distress afterward she might regret the intrusion but now that she had intruded that part could not now be helped she would do what she could to guide the struggling heart into the light she sat down beside mrs evans and laid a tender caressing hand on hers after all that seemed the utmost limit of her power but mrs evans was trying hard to control herself a moment more and she sat erect again i hope you will forgive me she said humbly i am very weak and foolish i really am in great trouble mrs spafford and yet it is nothing that i can explain 
my life seems such a failure to me i cannot write it because i do not know how to begin which way to turn i have meant right i meant to make the sweetest happiest home for my husband that a man ever had but it is not my fault nor dane's mrs spafford i may as well tell you it is the miserable money we cannot live on our salary we are in debt and going deeper every day and we see no way out and my husband blames me of course he does why should he not a wife ought to know how to spend the money that her husband earns in such a way as to bring him comfort and not misery and i have not done it and cannot do it i have tried and tried and made a miserable failure it is my fault you see after all to-day the whole dreadful sense of failure broke over me and i felt that i could not bear it any longer the troubles of this awful day have just broken down the little strength and pride that i had and i gave way utterly there now i have told you the whole wretched story without intending to i have humiliated myself to the lowest depths and dragged my husband down with me and the hot passionate tears rolled down her cheeks mrs spafford put a firm arm around the shrinking trembling form of the excited woman and spoke in quiet tones my dear friend let me talk to you a moment quietly and reasonably you have done no very dreadful thing in saying to me as a friend that you find it hard to bring your expenditures within your income that is not so strange a thing that it should seem to you a startling or even a humiliating matter neither is it a strange thing that you have failed i am older than you i think at least in experience i am many years older and i know just how hard a matter it is to get the whole bewildering machinery of household life into running order i am not surprised that you should have grown utterly discouraged and believed yourself to be making a humiliating failure what you need is a determination not to give way to any such feeling a resolution to meet and conquer this problem and show your husband that you are a general equal to the emergency it can be done and dear friend i want to repeat to you what i said at the outset that no perplexity is too commonplace to take to the lord jesus christ i know people who suppose it would be almost irreverent to take their domestic bewilderments to christ i cannot think what kind of a friend they imagine him to be if they are afraid to go to him with everything i should never have dared to assume the cares and responsibilities of our home if i had not known that i could go to christ for direction as to how to wisely spend the money he put into my hands and how to order all my affairs so that there would be no friction mrs evans had dried her tears and was looking with troubled and yet puzzled face at her guest that only makes me feel she said suddenly interrupting her just as a number of things you have said at other times have made me feel that your religion and mine were so utterly different that they could not both of them be religion and lately i have come to feel that among the other things that are utter failures in my life my christian experience stands first i never had any christian experience i thought i loved christ and wanted to do right and i said so when i united with the church but i tell you truly mrs spafford i have not known anything about him i have done nothing to please him and i shouldn't know how to commence and besides 
she looked down now and a deep flush spread over her heretofore pale face i will tell you the truth she said after a moment of hesitation i suppose it is very wicked indeed i know i am very wicked but i will speak the truth to-day if i never do it again if i could please my husband make his home what it should be i shouldn't care whether i pleased anybody else or not even christ End of chapter 17